Welcome back to another episode of A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. I am your host, Jeff Tate, and it's a solo podcast today. Cole will not be part of this recording today. He has some family matters he has to take care of. We wish him all the best, but we have a great episode ahead. It's the first time in a degree in sports history that it's been a solo podcast, so uh, bear with me. I I rely on Cole a lot. We, we help each other a lot, but we will have a great episode today, even though we do not have Cole on the podcast. Today is February 1st. Happy February to all of the fans listening today. Crazy to think we're already in the month of February. March is rapidly approaching and I know I'm saying that even though February just started but March Madness is right around the corner and this is a college basketball podcast I know we haven't always hit on college basketball as deeply as maybe some fans would have liked but we are going to right now and that is all we're talking about today I don't have any college football news to talk about I don't have anything I want to mention about college football we are 100% locked in to college basketball and this Sunday this upcoming Sunday which would be February 4th we actually are five uh, weeks away from March Madness and Selection Sunday and it's just crazy to think about I mean we I feel like just last month I was like well you know we got we got some time till March but it, we got time and don't worry about it but no we are, we are here uh, we are very close to March, and it is the greatest time of the year. Conference tournaments and all of the games happening all day. You're at work, you're working, and it's a game's at noon. Like a Big Ten game tips off at noon, a Big East game tips off at noon. It's the best time. Like, let's be honest, probably harder to get some work done during that time, but it is totally worth maybe having eh, 80, 85% of your mind on work and the other 20, 15% on basketball. But we're close, it's here, and we are going to get you prepared for the tournament because what better way to show your knowledge of sports and your uh, fandom of a degree in sports than winning all your brackets come March, and that is my goal. I want all of you listening, except if you're in the ones with me, I want all you guys to do good in your brackets, and listening to this, I hope, helps because there are some things. March Madness, it's a crazy thing. Like you, every game... Who knows who's going to win? You have your favorites. You have your teams that are supposed to win by Vegas's odds and seed lines and all of that. But it really doesn't matter when the ball is tipped up at center court and there's 40 minutes left in that game. It doesn't matter. Record doesn't matter. Who you beat in who you beat in November, December doesn't matter. It's how you're playing at that time and how you have come together as a team. And that's interesting because. With Kyle Cole today, I can maybe do a little more Michigan State basketball talk, and that would be kind of ideal for me. But Michigan State played Michigan this past Tuesday, Tuesday, January 30th. And it was a weird game. I was at the game. It was a 9 o'clock tip on Peacock. I hate that those of you watching at home had to decide if you wanted to pay for a subscription or not watch the game at all because for 20 minutes, it was a great game. It was not a fun game for a State fan because – Michigan State should not be losing to Michigan in any facet, but they were. They were down two at half. Michigan was making crazy shots. Jalen Llewellyn, best game probably at Michigan, was that first half against Michigan State. But the thing I like about this Michigan State team is 
they put all that first half behind them and came out and beat Michigan by 21 points in the second half, winning the game 81 to 62. That brings Michigan State to 13 and 8, 5 and 5 in the Big Ten, and Michigan 7 and 14 and bottom of the Big Ten. So Michigan State, they are slowly progressing. They had a little setback at Wisconsin. I watched that game. It, the score made it look a lot worse than I think that game truly was. I think you're starting to see the emergence of Malik Hall as the second leading scorer on this team. And then any game we can get Jay Nakins to have seven made threes for 23 points. I'm going to hope for double figures, but 23 points, that's that's probably, we're not going to probably get 20 plus most games from Jaden, but great game for him. Big win for Michigan State. Shout out Tom Izzo, 700 total wins as a head coach. Pretty remarkable what he has done at Michigan State and I don't think he's close to being done. I think 800 is fully attainable. That's about winning win about 20, 25 games a year, um, and that will get you there in four or five years, depending on how the end of this season goes. But we have an amazing weekend ahead of us in college basketball, and that, that's all I want to talk about today. I just want you guys to understand the magnitude of some of our games this Saturday, February 3rd. Most of you will probably be listening to this Friday, February 2nd. Get ready. Lock in and look for look listen to these games I'm about to tell you that are happening on Saturday. And it's one of those things where we're starting to kind of see teams separating themselves in the conference standings. Uh, you have a lot of conferences that are definitely still 100% up for grabs. And you have the favorites, but you don't really know who is who is going to win it at the end of the day because there's so many there's so many variables that come into that. But Saturday. We have three games that are just, they're just blockbusters. Three top 10 games, which on the same weekend is rare, extremely rare. And I love all of them. We get, I mean, I'm just, I, I got to get into it. This is where you might hear me ramble a bit today because not having Cole, uh, we kind of help each other stop rambling, but you're going to have to listen to me ramble today. So Houston against Kansas. So Houston First year in the Big 12. This is a team that the past, I'd say, five years has been one of the best programs in college basketball. Their only thing they haven't done is they haven't gotten to a national championship. They haven't won a national championship. And in a lot of people's opinion, and mine included, a lot of that was due to them playing in the American. No disrespect to the American, but it's not the type of night-in and night-out competition that can prepare you for the elite teams that you're going to see later in the NCAA tournament as you progress. And they're in the Big 12 now. And this I was so excited to see this. We've talked about the impact of football conference alignment from the Big 12 and how those teams really didn't do much this year in college football. College basketball was the opposite. These teams are making an immediate impact. There's a chance all four NCAA tournament teams. I don't think Cincinnati gets in or UCF. They're close. You never know. But Houston, number four team in the country. They're coming off a road win at Texas, which is never an easy place to win. At they're nineteen and two, six and two in the Big Twelve, and they're going on the road to play Kansas. Kansas, Kansas is kind of sneak. They're kind of quietly underrated right now for how much they're being talked about. Coming in the year, they're preseason number one. Hunter Dickinson, Kevin McCuller, Dewan Harris. Like this was the team. Everyone thought this was the favorite to win it. And they've kind of hit a rough patch, I'd say, of late. They're they're two and two in their last four games, with losses on the road to West Virginia and Iowa State. 
a win at home against Cincinnati sandwiched between those two losses wasn't really convincing for what you would expect at Allen Fieldhouse. And this game is a big one for Kansas, but it's a big one for Houston to show, hey, we're one of these big boys. Like, I'm telling you right now, Houston's one of my favorite teams when March rolls around. I love this Houston team. They are tough as nails. They bring in LJ Cryer from Baylor, who is their leading scorer, Jamal Shedd. Those two are one of the best backcourts, if not the best backcourt in the country. They are dominant offensively, but defensively, they're going to check you. And that's what Houston always does. I mean, Kelvin Sampson, what do we know about him historically? Well, it's that he's going to have crazy good defenses that play at a very high level consistently. And Houston is no different this year. This is a team that playing against Big 12 opponents, I'm really looking forward to seeing them when March rolls around because they're they're playing the competition that demands perfect execution night in and night out. And I love that for them. I think it's a great move for them being in this conference. And I think they're going to win this conference. They're probably the favorite. I don't have the odds up, but at six and two, I think they're the favorite to win. And on the other side, though, Kansas. Can Kansas win their biggest game of the year at home in front of that raucous, raucous environment? Kevin McCuller has quietly emerged as one of the more underrated players, I'd say, in the country. The guy's averaging 20 points a game. He's he's doing it all for Kansas offensively, defensively. They got to get Hunter Dickinson going. I know I say you got to get him going, and he's averaging – 19 a game and 11 rebounds but I just feel like something's missing from him I don't see as dominant a player as I saw at Michigan and maybe that's because he has other really important guys he has to share the ball with being Kevin McCuller and Dewan Harris has the ball a lot um, and a lot of it runs really through Kevin McCuller but we need a big game from Hunter Dickinson he has a size advantage Houston's not small by any means like I'm not I do not want you guys to think I'm saying they are small, but they they don't really have that seven footer guy. They don't have the really tall, lengthy guy that is going to be able to really impact Dickinson's shots. And so I really am interested to see how this game plays out. It's four o'clock Saturday afternoon. It starts off three. It's the first of three top ten games, like I mentioned. I'm bummed. I'm going to be – I'm not bummed because I love Michigan State basketball games, but Michigan State plays Maryland at home at 5.30 on Saturday. So I'm going to be missing some of these games. So Cole is going to uh, – Cole is going to have to help me out here with what went on and some of the big moments because I'll definitely be following it, but won't be able to watch as many of the crazy games this weekend that I want to. But I expect the line here to be – Kansas. Kansas is going to be favored. I don't think it's going to be more than two points. I think Houston's a better basketball team, and you're starting to kind of see odds favor the better teams, even on the road. Not that they're going to be the favorite, but I think you see a lot of, I think you see like a one and a half, two, two and a half line for this game. I think it's very deserving based on these two teams. Moving into my next game, and this is the best rivalry in college basketball. It's not the best rivalry in college sports. I'm sorry. That's Michigan, Ohio State, and you can't tell me it's not, and I know I'm from this area, and both of these, both those teams I know a lot about, but Duke, North Carolina is one of the most fun rivalries in college sports. It's 
I'm going to say it's number two. It's after Ohio State-Michigan. It's the best for college basketball, definitely. Hands down the best for college basketball. And this year, on Saturday, we get number three North Carolina playing against number seven Duke at North Carolina. North Carolina coming off a pretty big upset loss on the road Tuesday night to Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech, ironically, has beat Duke and North Carolina on their home floor. It's uh, it's kind of funny. My my good friend Jake works for Georgia Tech's team. They're ten and eleven, but they've beat North Carolina and Duke and Clemson. So probably the three best teams in the ACC. So that is pretty rare. Um, these are the two best teams in the ACC. It's not even close. North Carolina is. Probably the favorite based on being nine and one. Duke seven and two, so keep an eye on that. If they can win this game on the road, that would be a big momentum swing, I would say, in the ACC race. But really good, good guard play in this game. RJ Davis is averaging over twenty points a game for North Carolina, and the emergence the last few games of Elliot Cadeau. He was a highly regarded five star freshman. He's really starting to play a lot better. Uh, coming into this game, he's scored over 11 points a game in his last three. And I just see a more a more calm, confident Elliot Cadeau than I saw early in the year when they played in the battle for Atlantis. I just didn't see that killer instinct that you would hope a five-star has coming in. But they've relied on transfers. And they bring in Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame and Harrison Ingram from Stanford. These two give them over 10 points a game. They are veterans that, well, Harrison Ingram's younger, but Cormac Ryan's a true vet. I think he was at Stanford before Notre Dame, and then now he's in North Carolina. R.J. Davis is the guy. He is who this team revolves around. Armando Baycott, kind of quiet year for him, to be honest. He was He's a very, very good big, one of the best bigs in college basketball. And he's only averaging 13 a game, uh, just a shy under 10 rebounds. In conference, he's only down to 11 and a half a game. So they're kind of missing that extra production from Armando Baycott that I think you're going to need here at home against Duke. Duke has good guard play as well, and they also have a freshman that kind of has emerged a little bit towards the uh, back half of this um, ACC play, and that's Jared McCain. Jared McCain is... Him and Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor, that is, that's a really good backcourt. And then you factor in Kyle Flikowski, or Kyle Filipkowski, their versatile do-it-all for me. I mean, this guy is, he's a seven-footer that can, he can shoot. He is a really good passer, and all around, he's their best player. And there's just going to be so many interesting matchups in this game that I am just completely excited for. And Proctor has really got it going. Last five games, he's over 11 points in every game. Three games ago against Louisville, 24 points. So he can get it going. He He's the guy a lot of these our mock drafts speak to being the highest prospect for Duke. I don't know what my thoughts are on that. I still think Kyle Filipkowski being seven foot and able to do everything he can. I'd probably give him the nod there, but... I am not an NBA scout, nor should I probably be an NBA scout, but I'll tell you this. There's going to be a lot of NBA scouts in Chapel Hill on Saturday at 6.30. This is one of those games that everybody needs to watch. Every single person needs to watch. I'm going to the state game, and I'll only be able to catch the end of this. Um, I'm going out to dinner um, after the game, and it's totally going to be one of those things where 
uh, I'm going to have to watch the game. Like, it, I have to watch this game. It is always a game that lives up to the expectations. Very rarely do we get crazy blowouts. I know we've had a few in the last few years, but not all in all is this game. It's always close, and it's awesome. Like, I, I get goosebumps talking about Duke, North Carolina. It's, it's the game that I remember growing up watching. I'd stay up on a weeknight to watch, and it's just a, an iconic vision of what college basketball is and has been because you look at like the Christian Leitner shot um, from a long time ago there's so many moments in this rivalry that you look at Coach K's last game two years ago they were at home Duke was the better team hands down North Carolina came in there and beat them and it's just one of those things where you're like what a rivalry and what players have played in this I mean you just go you just go down the list recently it is NBA All-Star after NBA All-Star after NBA All-Star. And you go back in the day, I mean, Michael Jordan, the best. I think LeBron's the best, but those two are 1A and 1B. And Michael Jordan played in North Carolina. And it's the best rivalry in college basketball, and it's something you definitely should be watching at 6.30 on Saturday night. North Carolina, I predict, will be a 4-5 to five point favorite in this game. They're the better basketball team on paper and in probably most people's opinion. And they're at their home environment, and we know what that environment's going to be. I mean, it's going to be their best one all year. And that's saying something because everybody comes out and shows out for games in Chapel Hill, and it's going to be no different Saturday. The last game I want to talk about that of the top 10 games, and then I have a few other ones that are on Sunday that actually we have a very sneaky also top 10 games, so four this weekend, which is awesome best viewing experience for basketball you could ask for Tennessee goes on the road to play Kentucky and this is a huge rivalry as well not to the degree North Carolina Duke is but Dalton Kinnett is one of the best players in college basketball if it wasn't for Zach Eady I think this guy is the favorite to win uh, the Wooden Award for the best player in college basketball and they're going to go on the road coming off an upset this week to South Carolina at home and play Kentucky, who's coming off an upset at home to Florida. So both these teams coming off upset losses. Kentucky's was weird based on the fact that Florida's probably not a tournament team. If they are, they're they're right on the bubble now and probably need to do some work. But they were missing Justin Edwards, DJ Wagner, two of their better, two of their better players, two of their better freshmen that they have, and they're still they're still just trying to figure it all out, I think. They have so much talent, but they've had so much injury and roster turnover and just not roster turnover, but different lineups they've had to play because guys have been out. They're pretty close to being full strength. I think DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards are both supposed to play on the game or in the game on Saturday, but we don't know for sure. But I know this game's gonna mean a lot to both of these teams and it's a great opportunity for Kentucky because Kentucky doesn't they I mean they have really good wins. They they beat North Carolina, which is their best win, but they don't have like that signature win yet in the SEC. And this is the best team in the SEC in Tennessee. And it's a perfect opportunity to pick that up. Now Tennessee on the other hand is coming off that loss to South Carolina. South Carolina is good. Like they're 18 and 3. Have no clue how this team is not ranked. Like I really don't understand it because they are playing some of the best basketball 
in the country, and they should be ranked. But Tennessee's coming off a loss to them. Dalton Connett's last six games. I want to read these to you guys. At Mississippi State, 28 points. At Georgia, 36 points. At home against Florida, 39 points. Alabama at home, 25 points. At Vanderbilt, 32 points. At home against South Carolina, 31 points. This guy's averaging 28 in conference play. I haven't seen that. Like, I really can't tell you the last time I've seen somebody average 28-plus points in conference play, let alone SEC basketball. So, shout-out to him. And they, they, they have other guys that can do it, not at the level that Dalton Connect can do it, but... Jonas Adu, their big man, he's made huge strides this season. He averages 11.5, 7 rebounds a game. You go Zakai Ziegler, he's their do-it-all point guard, defends. He can give you some offense. He's nothing, I wouldn't say he's anything crazy, shooting 32% from three, just about 10 a game. Josiah Jordan James, tough, versatile, 3 and D wing. And then you have Santiago Vescovi, who also is a all-around guy that has been there for a little bit and if you need him to get a bucket I think he can get you a bucket I see Kentucky being favored in this game a lot of it's going to come down to who is available for Kentucky to be honest with you like it's just if if DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards aren't going to play well you might see the line move to Tennessee because they're very impactful players but they go as Antonio Reeves go Antonio Reeves almost 20 a game what a transfer for Coach Cal a few years ago from Illinois State. He He's a prolific scorer. He's going to make himself some money in the NBA. Rob Dillingham, another guy that's probably going to make himself quite a bit of money in the NBA. He is a he is a fun, fun point guard to watch. He comes in and it's like, oh boy, he might go off tonight. And he, he has weird stat lines. Like you look at it, it's like 20 points against Florida. He played all but one minute of the game. The game before, 17 against South Carolina. They're coming off two games in a row losing. And you wonder, hey, maybe does Rob Dillingham get in the starting lineup this week uh, against Tennessee? I don't think so because I think Coach Cal wants that continuity. But if he doesn't have Wagner and Edwards who start, he might be forced into doing that. But amazing game coming to us Saturday night. This is the this is the capper, I would say, uh, the nightcap, 8.30 tip. ESPN, I definitely am going to be watching this one um, because of the magnitude of it and what I want to learn about both these teams. I, I have futures on both of these teams to win the national championship, and I'm still fully confident in their ability to win a national championship. Yeah, they've kind of hit the fan, both of them, a little bit, but I think everybody, I think everybody does that to some degree at some point in the season. Michigan State's a perfect example of this, not to add Michigan State again to the talk, but Michigan State started the year pretty poorly. Let's just be honest. They lost to Duke, James Madison, Arizona, and Wisconsin and Nebraska all within the first month of the season. Well, they've lost three games since that moment, and they're a much better team. They they had some weird losses like at at uh Wisconsin, you're probably gonna lose that game. Like that's there's nothing to be upset about at Illinois they're the better team they were the better team and they lost and that's just one you gotta you gotta kind of just take your medicine and move on and be like well unfortunately this is one we should have had Northwestern they played on Sunday and they just lost don't value everything that happens in November and December for college basketball I want to see when I'm coming into March making my March Madness bracket predictions I want to see 
how those teams have played in February and early March into their conference tournament. That's where you see the team that's going to show up March 18th or 19th in the first round of the NCAA tournament. That's what you need to evaluate. That's where you're going to learn who the true teams are that are capable of going far in March. And I really encourage you guys to not always look into November. And I think, unfortunately, our committees and the selection show and all that, we talk so much about, oh, well, in November, Michigan State lost to James Madison. Well, you can't always say it, but if they played today, what would the result be? Well, I'm telling you right now, Michigan State's going to beat James Madison. And that's the beauty of college basketball. You play 30-plus games, you aren't always going to have it every night. And I want to see those teams progressing and getting better as the season moves along. And that's how I'm going to see what you're going to do in March and if I can trust you. So going to Sunday, and it's the last game I want to talk about today um, before I let you guys go and just fully embrace what we got coming to us this weekend. Big one in the Big Ten. Purdue at Wisconsin. Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock, Purdue, number two team in the country. Wisconsin comes in at number six. This is going to be a big one, guys. Like, If you want to see what Wisconsin is all about, Wisconsin's ranked sixth in the country. I'm telling you guys right now, they're not the sixth best team in the country, but they've consistently taken care of their business. They're 16-4. and four. Uh, actually, as I record this, they're playing Nebraska, and that's a game to keep an eye on because they're on the road. That's a hard place to go win at. I just talked about Michigan State earlier. They went there and lost, and it's going to be interesting. I think Purdue's favored in this game, if I, I'm thinking. That's my prediction. Purdue, Purdue's a better basketball team. They have the ability to match up with Wisconsin in terms of slowing the tempo down, being physical, Zach Eady is a big dude. Uh, I will say Wisconsin does have Stephen Crowell, who is also a seven-footer and a guy that I think you'll see actually be able to bang with Zach Eady a bit. But I think it comes down to the other guys in this game. And we've just seen such a such a revelation in the backcourt for Purdue this year with Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer, and Lance Jones. Lance Jones wasn't there last year. He was at Southern Illinois. He's averaging 13 a game since getting to Purdue. And he is he is so important to this team. He's already up to 15.2 a game in conference play. And these three really are, I'd say they're the X factor for Purdue going into March because they're going to have the ball a lot. And I think you're going to see when we get to March what happened last year when Fairleigh Dickinson beat Purdue. And that's just, they're going to make, they're going to do everything in their power to take away Zach Eady and make other guys beat them. And I'm wondering how Wisconsin handles that because Wisconsin has really good guard play in Chucky Hepburn and A.J. Store, And then they can bring guys like Max Klesmet, Connor Sejan, Jonathan Blackwell, really good guys that can come in and provide a scoring punch. And I think you need that when March rolls around because you can't rely on one player. You just can't. And I think I think Wisconsin's going to be able to defend Purdue really well in the backcourt. I think Wisconsin wins this game. I know I just said that, that Purdue's the better team. I think it's really hard to go in and play at Wisconsin. I saw that place last Friday night on TV for the Michigan State game, and it was packed. It was loud. It was a raucous environment. And I think it's hard for Purdue to go in and win or win that game. And if they were that crazy for a 
middle-of-the-pack Michigan State team, I don't know what they're going to be for the number two team in the country, Purdue. And I just think it's it's going to be a great game. And we're just spoiled this weekend. It's the best weekend we've had all year, hands down. And it's it's good because we don't have football this weekend. No football on. Uh, college football is obviously done. And then the NFL, it's their week off before the Super Bowl next weekend. And we are just truly spoiled with great college basketball. And I'm going to be watching a lot of it. I'm going to watch as much as I can because the games are so important. They're so important for conference title races. They're so important for March Madness perspectives. Um, It's just, it's what we want as college basketball fans. It's what I love talking to you guys about. It's not been the easiest talking this whole time. Uh, I, I miss my wingman, Cole. Actually, I get a visit him Next week, I'm actually flying out to Phoenix. We're going to uh, the Waste Management Golf Tournament, which for those of you that know anything about golf, that is an absolute amazing time. We're trying to figure out if we can get a podcast in. Our schedule's pretty busy when we're together down there, and uh, we'll try to get a podcast together. We might be able to get one before we head down there, and uh, maybe our little Saturday picks might do that in person together. I'm sorry for my picks. They've sucked the last few weeks. Um, they were terrible last week, and I went 0 for 3. That will not happen again. I promise you that. I don't know what Cole's record is, but it's way better than mine. And he 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 does the games that maybe I don't want to watch, but you know what? I'd rather win money than uh, lose money watching a really good game. So I, uh, I'll have some picks for you guys Saturday morning. Cole may or may not, depending on kind of how his travel schedule is, um, keep him in your, keep him and his family, in your guys' thoughts and prayers this week. Um, and yeah, this was a blast. It was a lot of talking. Thirty minutes felt like I talked for two hours, but I really hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. I hope you took away the. I hope you could sense the energy and passion I have for the upcoming weekend's games. And guys, you gotta watch four top ten games. We don't get this. We don't. And the level of games we're seeing this weekend are what we're going to see middle of March. And we're truly spoiled. And I am so glad I was able to talk to you guys all about the big games coming up this weekend. I will see you guys next week to recap a pretty good weekend of college basketball. And I will see you on a degree in sports.